0: Filling a gap by providing you with a virtual or on-site HR resource, or providing advice via our HR support line, we'll help you resolve whatever human resources challenge your business is facing. Okay, let's get started.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the HR Room Podcast. Hot off the presses, Leia Healthcare have just released the findings of their Workplace Wellbeing Index, one of the largest studies in Ireland amongst Irish employees and employers in the workplace. This research surveyed 1,000 employees in Ireland across a range of sectors, polled 200 HR leaders across Ireland, and also conducted a range of in-depth interviews. And to talk to us about the findings of this research, we're delighted to be joined by Sinead Prose, Head of Health and Wellbeing at Leia Healthcare. Thanks for joining us, Sinead. How are you?
2: I'm very well, and thanks for having me.
1: Brilliant stuff. And as always, we're joined by our very own Mary Cullen, Founder and Managing Director here at Inside HR. How are you, Mary?
3: I'm great. Thanks, Owen, and delighted to have you here today, Sinead. I'm excited
2: to hear about the results.
1: Absolutely. Brilliant. So we we'll jump right into Nate. So can you talk to us about some of the key findings from this piece of research?
2: Yeah, sure. So I think it's important for those listening to know that this is the third year that we've done this, Owen. And um, it's our fourth wave of research. So actually, last year we did two because mental health was coming up really, really strongly. And we see that coming again in this pulse. So I think, yeah, lots of key learnings. But I think the three key things are probably the first one is that, What we see as the leading cause of stress and anxiety in the workplace is actually being driven by the cost of living crisis. And I think that's we'll talk a little bit more about that, Mary. And that's really important for people to understand. It's not work related. It's more personal related. Okay, that's really important. I think the second one is HR leaders are really continuing to be concerned about employees' mental health. So HR leaders themselves struggling and also struggling to really understand how to address that. And I think the third one, which is really interesting, is that uh, even though salary is very important still, uh, flexible working practices or work-life balance is really coming in at a par. in terms of what employees are valuing from their from uh, from their from their jobs. Uh, so that's, I think they will be really the three key findings on.
1: Brilliant stuff. So I suppose to delve a little bit deeper about what, what I suppose the employees are feeling in particular, because I know you surveyed both employees and HR leaders. So Sinead, can you talk to us a little bit more in detail about those things that the employees are feeling?
2: Yeah. So like those who are, you know, it's a huge shift right? So it was COVID concerns. It was the workplace wasn't, uh, you know, a safe place. We wanted, you know, I think most people after two years were getting used to working from home and really enjoying it. And now there's this kind of, oh, you have to come back to the office. And for those who, I suppose, ended up working very very well remotely they're kind of going okay well diesel and petrol prices are going through the roof my heating prices are going through the roof um i'm actually really concerned i don't really know where it's going to end up um and so what they're saying is they're 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 torn, you know. They want to go back because they want the connection, they want the social interaction. And we saw we saw that it's been the leading cause of stress and anxiety when we did the pulse six months ago. And now that's really, really shifted. And so f- four of the five key reasons, own are around cost of living, around the uncertainty in the economy, um, their money worries. And I think it's just important to realize that. And again, it's a pulse in time, in six months' time please God, it will be something different or maybe we're still um, in this place, but at least hopefully we've had an opportunity to uh, address it.
1: 100%. I suppose, Mary, then from the kind of HR side of things, um, I suppose it is important to know that HR departments do feel quite stretched lately. We've seen that from various pieces of research. So I suppose although, although these results don't paint a pretty picture, I suppose, Mary, around kind of mental health, at least some of the things are external. So I suppose... The HR teams can be can be comfortable in the fact that I suppose although the results aren't perfect, it's not for want of trying. There's a lot of effort being put 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 into these things by HR teams all over all over and Mary, isn't there?
3: yeah, absolutely. and And look, while we say that you know the cost of living crisis isn't something for HR teams to worry about, i I disagree and say it absolutely is because you know it's driving frustration about attending the workplace. It's impacting the decisions that people are going to make about where they work the location of where they work, the benefits that employers can offer to help them with the cost of living crisis. And so there's, from a HR perspective, what happens externally matters as much as what happens internally. And I suppose there's such a collision of things that um, HR teams do need to think about the top three being the financial, the mental health and flexible work. And all three of those things are interrelated now, aren't they? Um, Because if you can't comfortably feed your family, pay your rent, heat your home, drive your car without being worried about the cost of driving that car. You might need to be making choices between driving the children to school or picking the children up from school in the rain versus driving into your office. And so these issues are very real for people. The cost of food stuff and commodities is increasing and we we all know in HR that that's having a significant impact on how people are feeling if it's expensive to come to work and if we can't afford to live our mental health is going to be affected and our willingness to come to the office is going to be affected. So it's easy to see how all of them are interrelated. And and I wish in HR we could say, ah, no, that's outside of our control. Even if it is, you're seeing a lot of um, employers and and HR teams looking at, you know, the constant drive upwards for wages and benefits, Um, you're seeing organisations reacting and responding by increasing salary to try and deal with some of these issues. So, I think it's a challenging time again, and and it it will drive people to leave organisations in in search of higher salary, better benefits, more flexibility, you know, and 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 that retention issue continues to be a massive mm-hmm. issue. None of this stuff makes it any easier.
1: That's 100 as if the to do list wasn't long enough. Here's more more news for them. But I suppose Sinead then can you talk to us a little bit more on that kind of employers, HR team side of things. Can you talk to us a little bit more about what they're feeling, the kind of results you got from that side of that side of the house?
2: I, I love what Mary was saying. You know, it's the whole person that comes to work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not just the person who's doing the job. And that comes so clearly, Mary, from your experience and what you're saying. And, you know, HR leaders are feeling that, you know, they, they're they not healthcare experts. They don't have a magic wand. I see them as the frontline workers. You know, we see it in the survey coming out, like 35% of them are really, really concerned about employees' mental health. That's up 18 percentage points. Huge. That's more than double since our last wave, right? And at that point, I really felt, you know, it, it can't get any more and I I don't want this to be doom and gloom and you know there's an awful lot that we can help HR people with but it is stark right so it's just trying to deconstruct that and say actually you know one of your points Mary was when we launched the Workplace Wellbeing Index I think a lot of HR leaders and business owners were like afraid that we were going to say give people more money and actually we're, what we're saying is that's not going to help it's certainly not going to help inflation I mean people are not losing their jobs okay it, employment has never been so good but it is absolutely a switcher's market, right? So, you know, trying to help people with financial well-being supports, that can be seen as really, really valuable. Helping them with flexible working practices, not mandating them to come back, not being so draconian, but letting it up to individual teams to understand when they're working together is better, when they should come into the office. Interesting, we had Joanne Marcy from HR Director from Microsoft speak to that. And I just thought, you know, and she's honestly, she's somebody who's so humble. And I'm only really getting to know her more and more. But like, you know, here's a global organization that's constantly competing for top talent. And she's saying, we really put it back to the teams. We couldn't do it from a from a kind of a globalised senior leadership perspective and say, this is what we want and be so prescriptive. It was saying, you are the people who work together. You know when you need to be together. You know when you can actually work remotely and you know how best to manage and lead in that environment. So I think there's a it's a new future, isn't it? And it's a lot more around a conversation and a partnership than a kind of a one-way street where the employer is, is dictating terms. I think we're starting to see that shift, but I think we should see the opportunities in that too.
1: 100 I think it, it seems to be one of those, from the the findings and what, from what you said there, Sinead, it's, it's at all levels, it's at all sides of organisations and that kind of thing. So I suppose, Mary, from your point of view, this isn't too dissimilar to what we're hearing, the pulse kind of we're hearing from our clients and people we speak to as well. Mary, is there anything kind of jumping out to you from the findings or is it fairly fairly kind of music to your ears in the sense that it's it's what we're also hearing.
3: Yeah, they, um, we are hearing it. So we're hearing it on the ground. We're hearing it from employees, but we're hearing it from HR people too. Um, and I suppose the beauty of being in consulting, you know, in much the same way is, as for yourselves, Sinead, you're reaching such a huge and wide variety of HR leaders from all sorts of sectors and all sorts of businesses. And it's the same thing that's being echoed right across society is that concern about finances. And, you know, I I think about people who have small children or children in colleges. I think about the cost of food. I think about the cost of travel, the home heating. All of those things are, are astronomical. And, you know, for many families that, you know, are barely able to make it at the best of times, those increases are hugely worrying for them and people are going to bring it into the workplace and are are concerned and aren't able to focus on their jobs in the way that you might expect them to when they've got huge big issues in the background that they're worrying about and for a long time you know childcare has been so expensive you know you're having young people certainly from rural places where you don't have a home in some of the urban areas and you're covering the cost of accommodation and all of those things. All of these things from a family perspective are hugely pressurizing as for any person who's working in an urban area with the cost of rent increases and all all of those things. It's just a, a melting pot for individuals, isn't it?
2: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And I think I suppose you, you mentioned yesterday that it's kind of the third year of doing this, isn't it? So is there any kind of trends appearing? And I suppose what does this mean, if I might use a bit of lay language here, what does this mean for kind of organisations who want to stay a beat ahead with their kind of well-being plans for 2023 and beyond?
2: Oh, you've I'm seen our advertising. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, look, certainly just echoing what Mary is saying, you know, we we provide health and well-being benefits and services to over 2,000 companies in ireland they range from the big big multinationals all the way down to the sole trader or you know the 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 smes who are the absolute fabric of our society let's not forget that all struggling with the same thing right so i think what's interesting from the index is you know only 40 percent of companies are saying they have a health and wellbeing strategy even though they know it's really really important hr leaders really struggling saying i'm not the expert you know and then less than that have a mental health our mental well-being strategy, right? And it's kind of saying, you know, most companies will have given, I would say, their employees insurance, health insurance, right? It is a really, really valuable benefit for them. Talk to your health care, your health insurance provider. There is a wealth of services and benefits that you have that you don't even know you have access to. Honestly, I mean, look, like I can tell you from our, from an occupational health perspective, we are very lucky to partner with a, a, a company based out of Cork, Cognite Health, and they service over 150,000 employees in Ireland. They have an incredible national reach. And so we gain great insight, actually, into really understanding, you know, when somebody is absent and when it's due to mental health related uh, cases, stress, anxiety, depression, and relationship issues, what's really driving that and how can we get people into those rehabilitation programs to get them back to work really quickly? A HR person is not going to have the expertise to do that, nor should they, but it's just being really aware and cognizant about the fact that, you know, those supports are there to help and are incredibly valuable. And actually, one of the really interesting insights is, you know, compared to the last Pulse we did, we still see about 50% of those uh, absenteeism cases being referred into occupational health as being mental health related but we see a doubling a doubling of those that are related to also require physical health interventions so that's musculoskeletal issues whether that's neck ache lower back pain persistent headaches stress is going to take its toll you can't separate mental health from physical health we are all together just like you say Mary you can't separate what's going on in some personal life with what you're going to be Dealing with or faced with in the workplace, it's all encompassing. So there's just huge supports there, and it's really just about being okay to ask for help. And 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 really, I think in in many many ways, your health insurer is there is there to support you through that to that journey.
1: Hundred percent. So I suppose the, the big question we always ask Mary on the podcast is, I suppose then I'll come to the both of yourselves, but I come to you, yourself, Mary first. So what can HR teams and organisations do to I suppose alleviate some of these concerns, reduce stress levels? I know some of them are external. But you mentioned there's probably stuff that HR teams and organisations can do generally to kind of make people feel a bit better, less stressed, less worried. Mary, what do you think?
2: I
3: think read the report anyway. Look at, it, look at the findings. I think that guides you in terms of, well, this is what is happening for other people. People in Ireland, other organizations in Ireland, and it's a you know, I always say information is power. So you have the starting point, you have information. And then you need to look at your own specific organization and and look at these top three items. You know, are my employees likely to be under financial pressure? If so, what can I do about it? Are we in a position to increase salaries? And again. Lots of organisations are going to say, no, our own energy costs are going through the roof here. And particularly if you're in certain sectors which are dependent on oil or gas, you know, you really may not be in a position to increase the baseline or give uh, an additional payout. To employees to help them try and deal with these issues. So, what might you be able to do? How might you be able to tackle that? Again, when it comes to mental health, you know, I can absolutely echo what you've said, Sinead, in that we are seeing such a huge increase in employees with stress and presenting in the workplace in a deeply distressed state of mind. I think since the pandemic. Began, we have dealt with a number of issues around suicide. Thankfully, none of our clients have had a suicide in their business, but they've had people who are speaking to them about those kind of concerns and them really being in a quandary, not knowing what to do. And then, when it comes to flexible work, we're hearing every day of the week, you know, employers push for people to come back in employees resentment about being asked to come back in. And if they're not able to work with their own team and it's mandated, that resentment increases. Um and is driving to some extent the movement that we're seeing All the time. And that movement is not just with the employee body. The amount of HR people I've seen move is staggering. Every day of the week, I see a new announcement on LinkedIn with someone I know moving to somewhere else. And I'm really surprised. But that movement is happening all year. You're seeing people move all the time in, in all sectors right across Ireland. And HR people are struggling to stem that. And in many cases, they don't really understand it. Why? why is this movement happening we're a great place to work we've invested in our people we've invested in learning and development we've spent so much money on benefits and all of that but somehow we're still missing the mark and somehow people are still moving so what are they moving for and why so you got to be you have to be data led around that and and really look at it why are people moving? What is it that people are unhappy about? And look, it's always difficult to get the budget in HR to do this kind of research internally, but it needs to be done if you're to stem that movement.
1: So, you know, I think that, in, and that's, Sinead, I suppose, in the way of advice for HR teams to do want to kind of, I suppose, compensate for these these potential issues.
2: I think you've summarised it incredibly well. Mary, it's not easy, right? And, you know, you say you may not have the budget to do the research. Well, take the report first and have a look to see what's in there. Not everything is going to be applicable to your organisation. Some things will definitely, definitely resonate. I mean, the fact for me that for the first time you're seeing, you know, help you like flexible working, well-being up there with salary, neck and neck, right? People's motivations have changed. They really really value flexibility. What's really interesting actually is, you know, those who are in a hybrid working situation right now, which is typically two to three days a week in the office, they're the ones that are citing the most job description above those working full-time on site or those working full-time remotely. But then they're saying that they are missing out on exposure to senior management. They're missing out on that social interaction because they're condensing their work in the office to be able to have the flexibility to work remotely as well. So there is no silver bullet. And I think that's what Mary and I are both saying. I would say really stay close to your people and really understand what motivates them and what they value. They will tell you, and if they're moving, they're not getting it where they, where, where they are. But you know what? They may not get it where they're going either. And what's really interesting, I'll leave you with this one, right? Because I find it fascinating to go back over the four pulses and just see how we're trending, right? And actually, I think you'll see, we'll do some more waves uh, out of this in the next few months. And I think you'll start to see some really nice trends, right? This time last year, 45% of those 18 to 35-year-olds said they're going to switch jobs within the next year. Now, Mary, you'd expect that from a younger generation. I moved every two years when I was young, right? That's what you'd expect. But 50% of them were saying they're moving to an employer who cares about their well-being. Okay. So I would leave you on that note. And I would say if you don't have a strategy for well-being within your organization, now is the time to really think about that.
3: Irrespective of size. And, and sometimes exactly. I think SME employers <laughs> think, "Oh, that's yeah. the Microsofts, the Googles, the Metas out there in the world that that's the, they can do all this stuff." But actually. The talent uh, and people, and I think it's irrespective of Mm. of age and gender, that has been coming through since the pandemic. We want you to care about me as an individual and the things I care about, whether that's sustainability or being an ethical organisation or, you know, focused in on being able to bring your whole self to work. The employee voice has never been stronger, never required more. I think it's marvellous. You know, back in the day when when I started work, I mean, gosh, there was no question of your health and your well-being. It was you came into work, you were thankful for the job and uh, you worked as hard as you possibly could to be seen. Uh, Now the challenge for leaders and managers is to make sure that the employees aren't feeling like that. You have to find ways to see people if that's their fear that they're not being seen because they're not in the office, but they can't afford to come to the office or they don't want to be in the office or their whole life is geared around the crash being down the road rather than a, an hour's commute away. Um employers have to listen to that and think about it and you know looking after people's health and well-being by putting in place schemes by providing them with insurance whatever it is uh your employees will tell you what they want um and it's important to listen
1: presenting no better time to look at reports like the the one we're speaking about today so huge thank you to to mary and sinead for coming on to talk about this report Very interesting discussion and again, very timely given that just yesterday was World Mental Health Awareness Day. So really appreciate you coming on this week to talk to us about that, Sinead. And thank you to everyone for listening. We'll catch you next week for the next one of our podcasts. So don't forget to click subscribe and join the discussion on our social media channels. Make sure to check the show notes for useful resources related to today's topic. We will make sure to include the survey in there for for you all to read. And as always, for HR consultancy services and management you can trust, get in touch with us today at insighthr.ie. Thank you, Mary. And thank you, Sinead.
3: Thank you, Owen. Thank you, Sinead.
2: Thank you.
0: Thanks for joining us today on the HR Room podcast, the podcast series from Insight HR that helps you create the human resources systems and workplace culture that's right for your business. For show notes and bonus content, go to www.insighthr.ie forward slash podcast. That's www.insighthr.ie forward slash podcast. We'd love it if you subscribe, like and share the show with any friends and colleagues who are looking for fresh ideas on how to create the ideal workplace for their business. And remember, if you need any HR support, get in touch with us at Insight HR. Whether it's conducting a complex workplace investigation, filling a gap by providing you with a virtual or an on-site HR resource, or providing advice via our HR support line, we'll help you resolve whatever human resources challenge your business is facing. Thanks, and see you soon.